Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Football Ramble. The Romelu-Lukaku saga rolls on, Spurs are getting busy, and Florentino Perez remains absurd. It's Friday the 17th of June. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm with Ethan Hunter. I'm Eddie Brassel. So it's the last show of the season. That, that's not Ooh. right. This season is never finished. No, this season. This, I think you're no. right. I think you're absolutely no. right. But all the same, here's some info about our summer plans at the Football Ramble before we come roaring back for the new season in August. We'll be recording Ramble episodes every so often to bring you up to date with the latest nonsense, as well as some on-the-continent transfer specials where Dotton, Andy and Co will give you the inside track on the summer's biggest transfers. Also, it's the Women's Euros this July, and we're delighted to let you know that you'll be able to hear episodes of Upfront on the main Ramble feed the day after every England match. Upfront will also be releasing three shows every week throughout the tournament over on Football Ramble Presents, so make sure you're subscribed over there too. There will also be a selection of our favourite Football Ramble Presents episodes from this season, and as well as all that, a brand new show on the Ramble roster will be coming this summer. Brace yourselves. So, to summarise, new Ramble episodes, OTC transfer specials, Upfront, our Football Ramble Presents favourites, and a brand new show format, all coming to you between now and August. Juicy. Very juicy. Very yes. juicy. So juicy. So on the subject of juice, um, these links are harder than they seem. <laughs> <laughs> Romelu Lukaku. 
Probably had, had some juice in his life, hasn't he? He had one one day where he was getting so much praise from people on Twitter. Oh, Ben Marcus. I mean, I agree with that. But, <laughs> oh, Jim, you're so good. You've done it so well. And now he's, he's finding out the hard way. This, yeah. is, this is your difficult second album, It is my it? difficult second album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, so, so... D- in t- <laughs> Roman Lukaku has left AC Milan. It's so hard. I can't put a coherent sentence together. Have you joined Talk Sport? That? <laughs> That's the pitch, really. So we are going to talk about Romelu Lukaku. It's a saga, isn't it? It's going to be rolling on for ages, you would think. Although, actually, maybe not, because this summer, um, everyone seems to be moving quickly, don't they? In terms of getting their business wrapped up. But I think this one's going to be such a complicated deal with Lukaku potentially going back to Inter on loan from Chelsea after Chelsea paid Inter £97.5 million for him only a year ago. Um, it's baffling. It's a, it's a, it's a ba- in, Can you imagine how difficult it is to actually figure this contract out? Yeah, well, in terms of like how much money, because obviously they're not playing it up, paying it up front, so they're no. doing it in, in installments. So would there be a stage where he might, you know, the day he officially signs for Inter on loan, if that does happen, the day after Chelsea, if they, well, you, yeah, you still owe us like ten million. Yeah, don't exactly. default on those payments. Exactly. By the way. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna, it's a really, really weird one. It's, I'm, I imagine it's quite frustrating for Todd Bowley to come into Chelsea and this be the first kind of thing you have got to deal with, such a complicated big money deal. And and it feels like. Chelsea are making it more complicated by the report saying they might like some players in exchange well, as well. I mean, just to muddy the waters a little bit more. This should be quite simple because if we boil it all down, uh, Lukaku made a move back to Chelsea that he probably shouldn't have made. He was happier at Inter. So for them to find a financially expedient way for him to go there and at the very least, very least reinflate his value for Chelsea because he is he has gone from what 97 million or whatever it is to to worth next to nothing at the mm. moment in current state he is worth next to nothing for them but what i find quite interesting is how this is all being pinned on thomas tuchel i mean you talked about todd bowley having to deal with it and you know the talk that you know he's maybe a bit reticent because lukaku's such a high value asset and it's being taken back to thomas tuchel and Romelu Lukaku not seeing eye to eye, so they have to shift him, at least for the moment, because as we know, coaches do not last forever at Chelsea. No. But having said that, I think in this sense, Tuchel is maybe quite a convenient patsy because I think Chelsea generally drop the ball with this transfer. I mean, we've been talking about it a lot with Paul Pogba recently, haven't we, Vish? Like the idea that you bet the farm on a player who you have no plan on how yeah. to use whatsoever I'm not saying none of it's Lukaku's fault, just as I wasn't saying none of it was Pogba's fault, that it didn't work at Manchester United. But I think at the very least, part of your due diligence, when you are spending that amount of money on a star player, is how are you going to fit them into your team? How are you going to use them in your team? Yeah, I think the um, the way they signed him felt like, a, you know, obviously they just won the Champions League and it felt like this was the first signing. Well, this is Thomas Tuchel's first signing in terms of, it, it was a statement in so many ways, mm. you know, the main one being that Roman Abramovich, as he were, you know, in position at the time, saying, I back you this much. That yeah. You told me you want this player, this player that we've already had and got rid of, so we're going to go and get him for you. Um, and I, it doesn't seem very too cool to think that he came, that Lukaku came into a situation where there was no place for him. I really did feel like given how the rest of the team was structured, that Tuchel would have had some idea how it would all work. 
And when Chelsea started the season so well, and they started well because they were like defensively really robust and you know keeping all kinds of clean sheets and only conceding, mm. you know, such a paltry number of goals in those opening couple of months, it felt like right the attacking stuff is going to work out itself. And you know, you said Lukaku is partly to blame. Obviously, he is. Yeah, and certainly that Sky Teller interview didn't didn't uh, help him at all. It's amazing how seismic that appears to have been actually in retrospect, isn't it? Yeah, it, it just... It, it, the relationship never recovered from that. Yeah, it also, it felt like it was the unnecessary bit of fertiliser that has kept this growing throughout the season, really, didn't it? Mm. Um, but the the interesting thing about what I find about Tuchel is that actually as the season went on, you found he was, he never quite cracked that front three. Mm. Um, Mason Mount was the only ever present. Obviously, there were injuries to certain people like Ziek at certain times. Pulisic at other times as well, but it really felt like he t- he had no idea what how to frame that front three, and it was awkward when coming into that season. It felt like there was only one person who was going to be a, a banker in that front three, and it was Lukaku. Absolutely, and I mean, possibly for all these reasons, Inter are confident they can complete a loan deal for him. Um, apparently, the clubs held further talks on Wednesday. Chelsea reportedly told Lukaku last week that they are actually prepared to let him leave. So apparently, there's a slight gap in the valuation. Chelsea initially wanted a 25 million euro loan fee, but that's been brought down to 12 million. <laughs> Inter offered 5 million yesterday, which was rejected. So this is this is going to be a bit of a dance for for a while, isn't it? I think from Lukaku's point of view, I, I do sort of understand it because if you look at his honours list it's 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 surprising he's won three trophies across his whole career one of those is the league with Anderlecht in 2010 which is obviously a long long time ago now one was the FIFA Club World Cup with Chelsea and of course he he won Serie A with with, with Inter in 2021 so that's really the, the the only significant season of his career where things have, the one have, that, have gone to, to plan he's, uh, he's 29 that, as well so that's amazing that isn't it I, you know he still feels Young, right? Exactly, uh, th- th- doesn't he? But you're, you're right. The, the the Scudetto Jim is the one that he had the major influence over. That's why it stands out amongst those three as well as being Absolutely. the biggest trophy of the of the three. I've got to say, I I, I don't know why Inter want to do this. I really don't know why Inter want to do this because um, we heard Nicky Bandini say on OTC that they need to make a fifteen percent reduction in their wage bill <laughs> next season. They're trying to sign Paolo Dybala at the same time on a free. I might add, it's interesting that their sporting director is Beppe Marotta, um, the same sporting director who at Juventus um, pioneered their genius of signing lots of, in inverted commas, free players, Mm. which end up getting enormous wages. Not that we can pin Aaron Ramsey on him because that was after his time, of of course. But as as well, you talked about that Sky Italia interview, which I, I think is interesting because that was... I think it was clumsy. I think it was ill-advised, but it was um, Lukaku trying to rebuild his inter legacy because he had such a great time there and the fans were really pissed off with him at leaving. And it's the club that he's felt the most loved at. Now, yeah. I think Conte was a huge part of that. I think we, we can't we can't overlook that. But it was interesting that when Conte went and Hakimi went, that afterwards, um, Simone Inzaghi comes in has a chat with Romelu Lukaku and says, you know, we want to run it back and win the league all over again. Lukaku seems on board. And then the club say, actually, we need to sell you. And he says, okay, cool. Mm. Let's, let's, let's go. So it, it, that interview put him in such a weird position because it didn't make reparation with those Inter fans because Inter fans weren't having it. And it completely compromised him at, at Chelsea. So yeah. it was 
doubly ill-advised. We've, particularly... all had, we've all had conversations like that which haven't benefited anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly have. I, I could totally relate to that. But, I mean, it was a weird situation as well because the, the, the narrative was very much, you know, this is the prodigal son coming home to Chelsea as well. Yeah. Like, and, and it absolutely torpedoed that. Perhaps it was never, that was never really the case, that, that romance between Lukaku and Chelsea that we all assumed was there. Maybe it wasn't. But it's a very... Um... Well, it, well it, was a, it was a romance for a young Lukaku. Yeah. Um, you know, when, Chel- when he signed for Chelsea, I think he and Chelsea released the video... Um, um, I think I mentioned this at the start of the season, um, and it's kind of sad that we're talking about it now because it shows how badly it's gone. But he, they released a video on Instagram. I think it was also on Twitter as well um, of Lukaku on a on a tour of Stamford Bridge as an Anderlecht youth player, mm. and the tour guide is kind of rounding them up. You know, they were literally kids. You know, he would have been like fourteen, fifteen at the time, and he's literally trying to you know get them all together. Come on, we need to go. We need to leave pitch side. And obviously, a few of them are still milling about. And this camcorder goes to Lukaku and he says, one day I'm going to play here. And he was clearly quite enamoured with the place. And I yeah. think someone like Didier Drogba was obviously quite a big influence on him mm. um, at the time. And he obviously often cites him as a hero. But it's, you know, we you mentioned Paul Pogba to Manchester United, obviously started his career there. We talk about like various different players who have affinities for various different things. And, you know, there's that pogumentary coming out. Pogmentary, sorry. Yeah. Coming it should out. be pogumentary. Yeah, it should be pogumentary, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they're talking about, like, um, Pogba as a brand and this, that and the other. And a lot of the time we pin that on the players and say, you know, the players are more, you know, they're more invested in, you know, building their own personal brand rather than building a bomb with their club or so ever. Paul Pogba, Ben Foster. Ben, yeah. <laughs> but if you look at how football clubs have operated over the last year, certainly during the pandemic, we've seen... You know, we've seen their hands really, haven't they? We've seen what they have to deal with and what they are dealing with and who they want to deal with. And they are purely out for themselves, not even for their players. If you think of uh, Project Big Picture, which mm. was orchestrated by Manchester United yeah. and Liverpool, Project Restart as well, the European, not Project Restart, but the European Super League, mm. things like that. Um, and I think the there is a disconnect between club and player that works both ways now. And so I can totally get like Lukaku doing that interview and being worried about that legacy because... He, from the age of what, 15, has been touted as this guy who's going to play at the very top level. And having, you know, come, you know, approaching the age of 30, has realised, there's only been one club I actually love. Absolutely. Are, are, yeah. you, are you saying, like, basically, we're in a era of footballing Tony Blairs, <laughs> where they're all so obsessed with the legacy that they're not actually thinking about what they're doing at the moment? Maybe, yeah. Like, Maybe. that's that's probably quite a good example, yeah. And yeah. I think, like... You know, in the modern world, affection is quite hard to come by. That means something. And I'm obviously not just talking about football here, but he he has found it. He's just found it in a hopeless place. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just thinking of Sam Allardyce, you know, sort of <laughs> swinging his blazer around yes. his head. Yeah. yeah. So Thomas Tuchel is obviously seeking to bring in other forwards. So, I mean, when you look at the market, I mean, who, who do you think is the, op- the best option for Chelsea now, because this point really out, complicates their transfer business, right? It, it does. Can I point out... They Bring still, back Eddie and Ketia. Well, they still own Batsway, don't they? they do. Oh, yeah! And Brozier, maybe? Bring them back? Ooh. Take a punt on both of them? Well, it's, it's interesting, because I, I, the thing that I felt when Lukaku signed is, this is knocking out of kilter, my theory that Kai Havertz ends up being their number nine. But in the second half of last season, Kai Havertz... Look, their best number nine. Yeah, I don't think that's a completely. I, I know it feels like with the egos of big clubs, it's just like when Mbappe escapes from Real Madrid. You feel that, that they they have to go out and make that that other big signing. Yeah, I don't think that's a sensible thing for for Chelsea to do. Basically, they need a couple of central defenders. 
I mean, that's 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 clear straight away. That is the first thing they need to sort out. It's it's clear that they're going through some sort of flux in midfield as well. I think they should give the keys to Havertz and build around him. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a fair one. And also, it, you know, it seems a smart thing to do considering how few strikers there are in the market at the moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are they're approaching a sort of transitional phase. I think Chelsea through through all of the chaos. Um, but let's move on to some transfers that um, are, are far more imminent. Yves uh, Basuma completed his medical yesterday ahead of a move to Spurs. He's thought to be coming in for twenty five million pounds, but that could rise uh, another five million with various add ons. He was arrested on suspicion of sexual assault last October, but has been released under investigation with a bail date set for uh, December. Not much more we can say about that, so we simply won't. Uh, that's three signings for Spurs already. So. You know, Conte is, clearly means business. Yeah, well, I, I think um, uh, if this is something we talked about a lot during the season. But you know, when Conte was constantly talking about his future at Spurs, like it was like he could go at any moment now. Mm. Yeah, I think what happened in terms of the way that he was initially approached by Spurs last summer, and then you know approached even more desperately by Spurs after Nuno, and also those noises, he's basically been working towards this moment where Daniel Levy has. Obviously, he's got Champions League football, but Daniel Levy in return has given him all this money. He's yeah. almost kind of... I, I would say he's played Daniel Levy quite well here in terms of he knows he's a hard operator, but he, he found Levy in a moment of weakness but it's, and it's not just, building towards this. It's not just Conte, is it? Because Paratici's position is incredibly strong because mm. he managed to get him Conte. Yeah, which, right, okay. which didn't look possible. Yeah. So it's almost as if... I'm not saying this happened. I don't think it did happen. But... If Paratici had said to Conte, why don't you wait six months? Because then it will look like I've persuaded you to come and then we'll own the place. Yeah, it's not we a could, bad shot. We, could, we, could, we can run the place. And I think the interesting signing amongst the signings so far is Perisic because he's persuaded or they have persuaded Levy to splash money on an old guy. Yeah. A, a, very, yeah. a very good old guy. But... You know, I can't wait for Arturo Vidal or the other old boys to come. It'll be yes. fantastic. Get the, get Arturo the... Vidal in the North London derby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but not even playing, just on the bench being a bit of a gobby shy. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have a Nyingalan in there? We're going to get all the the, the, the hard bastards oh, yeah. from the past in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Vidal, do it. Nyingalan in the middle. Let's do it. I mean, I, I think the moment where Nyingalan became like totally beloved of Roma supporters where he was like leaving, leaving the car park at that nightclub and he just like Harry Redknapp style leant out his window and goes, yeah, I hate you Venice. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> you imagine him doing that sort of coming out of some club in Essex and going, yeah, yeah not a fan of Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Man City are reportedly preparing their first bid for Brighton left-back Mark Cucurella. Uh, this all comes off the back of Brighton's highest ever finish, which is of course ninth. Um, it is, it, the vultures are kind of, Circling around Brighton, aren't they? Maybe if they sell all these guys, they can afford like the centre forward that they need. Maybe, maybe. It'd be a bit like um, I'm clutching at straws here. Come on, help me out. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, to be fair, they they do recruit well, and they're um, you know even without Dan Ashworth now, uh, I imagine they've always you know they almost have a list of players that. They go for immediately. A post Bizuma plan, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then have another group of players who are like, right, if we lose him, we can try and get him yeah. and this, that, and the other. And it's um you know, it's almost like the Liverpool you know, when Liverpool were constantly poaching Southampton players, it's like they were almost using Southampton as a as a 
well, I mean, a feeder team nominally, but also like as a, you know, a bit of a gauge to be like, let's mm. see if they can actually play in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once that happens, you know, once we see that they're very good, we'll we'll take them over. Absolutely. And, and all the, the the unfortunate thing in inverted commas for Brighton is that they've shown that these players consistently over the last three years have been capable of producing exciting, entertaining and very effective football. Mm. Mm. Across London, it looks like Arsenal might have a midfielder of their own lined up. Reportedly, they are close to signing attacking midfielder Fabio Vieira from Porto in a deal worth up to €40 million. Euros. Now, sources close to Mikel Arteta have said Vieira, oh, Vieira, oh, <laughs> he comes from Portugal, he plays for Arsenal. Andy, you'll be familiar with him. Um, what, what would you add to that? Well, apart from the fact that he looks like Pete. He doesn't. Well, I mean, everyone looks like Pete. I, I'm, I'm surprised he's moved to the Premier League this quickly. Um, last season was really a, a big breakthrough season for him. Uh, because Porto are moving to this model where they're using more young Portuguese players now. Um, so that that's obviously benefited him. Vitinha, who didn't quite make it at Wolves, but had a really good season last season. He's got in the Portugal setup as well. And I know United have got some interest in him um, amongst others. Um, Fabio Vieira was, uh, Bournemouth was trying to get him going back a couple of years. So there's been Premier League interest in him for a while. Incredible left foot. Really, really good judgment of in terms of weight of pass. I mean, he went along a. He didn't start every week last season, but he's got pretty much an assist a game in 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 the Liga with without trying loads of wild passes. Mm. Um, so he's he's very judicious on the ball. Great movement, scoring more goals now as well. Um, you feel he can play behind the striker. He can play a little further back in midfield. You can stick him on either side as 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 well. Um, very, very mobile. And I think the interesting thing, the way Porto play under Sergio Conceição, I think we've always seen Portuguese players come to the Premier League and do well. But there's normally been a bit of a, a lag, a bit of a delay. Even if you look at someone like Nani, he struggled with the physical side of it straight away. You look at Ricardo Cavalho when he signed for um, um, Chelsea. He kept popping his shoulder out in the first season. I think mm. he only played about 25 times. And then he got used to the physical side of it. Whereas Conceição, demands very physical football from his players, even the sub-six-foot ones like Fabio Vieira. So I kind of feel that he will be able to adapt quite quickly to the physicality of the Premier League and that there won't be that lag. And we've seen that with, say, Bruno Fernandes, for example, who just like took to the Premier League like a, a duck to water. That, that, like mm. the, the, the Portuguese and then he went on was... land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, right, got stuck in the mud. Yeah. We are getting to a point now where, I mean, there, there are links to the UET elements as well. There's a lot of a lot of very, very creative midfielders being linked, linked to Arsenal. I think they might be trying to walk the ball into that again. Yes. Which I'm all for. Oh, yes. I'm all for. It also feel like, feels like Vieira fits the age profile of, you know, the Arsenal, the, the main Arsenal players, as it were. You know, you think of Saka, yeah. Emma Smith-Rowe. Odegaard's a bit younger, sorry, a bit older, but younger than people yeah, think. Yeah. I, I, I think is that that's the interesting thing that this makes me think of. I mean, like people have been saying, how are they going to fit Vieira and Odegaard into the same team? I think that assumption's made because they're both left-footed. I also, think- I wonder how they're going to fit him and Emile Smith-Rowe into the same team. Because Smith-Rowe, who I really rate, had a really rotten end to last season. He did, yeah. He was carrying an injury for a lot of it. But I, right. I think a lot of this will be down to the fact that Arsenal are simply going to play a lot more games because of the European yeah. League and yeah, obviously would hope to do better in the Cups. Um, it's just before we move on quickly, isn't it refreshing to see a transfer just come out of nowhere? Yes. It the 90s. Yeah. Just, it's just, <laughs> just brilliant. No hype, just there it is. So uh, we're going to take a trip to Planet 
Perez now. Real Madrid president Florentino Perez did an interview with Spanish TV football show and fever dream El Chiringuito. And as well as looking vaguely pissed off, he made some interesting comments, most notably claiming that Mbappe is no longer the Mbappe <laughs> I wanted to bring to Real Madrid after he chose PSG over the Spanish Giants. He said Mbappe's mother is upset because she wanted him to go there. He was also asked in which Champions League round it felt like Real Madrid were going out. He replied, none. And also said, I used to play football before. I was in Modric's position, which is, you know... You could like, say you, you could can say, say I'm a central midfielder, yes, and you can say exactly. I played in Modric's position, and they are very different things. <laughs> it's like someone asks you if you played an instrument, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Dave Grohl." So <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you're not. No, you're yeah. not. We're really, having this really conversation. Not you're not. You're, you're not Dave Grohl. You're not Modric. The, the start to that show where it looked very. Um... Like a 90s quiz show, I thought, yeah. where there was uh, Pedro Roll and um, Florentino under these like flashing lights. And you could see Florentino like twitching in his chair going, yeah, this, what is, doing this intro is way too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the ridiculous, but this is too much. It is beautifully <laughs> absurd, this show, isn't it? I think, it is. you know, I, it never lets you down. Every time a clip of it goes viral, it's it's completely different from the last one and it's completely mad. You see, I don't I don't think clips are enough. I think it needs to be subtitled and like yes. put on like Sky or BT Sport Absolutely. or something like that. It's yeah, I... it's really self-aware though, isn't it? Like I think they get that some a lot of the stuff is nonsense. But also if you look at the coverage they had after the Champions League final. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Really brilliant. And I was a bit like, I, I, it was so, so weird. It was like turning into like the Chuckle Brothers and getting an episode of Panorama. <laughs> <laughs> Where has this come from? Why are you suddenly serious now? Beautiful. Right, we're going to go for a break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've got a little one. Um, it was just... Banter, and I said, I know that, Sean. 
<laughs> oh dear, it's time for emails. Bonacera emailers. Uh, I've got one from Pasha, which is a great name. Uh, there was a nightclub, Pasha, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. there was. There, is, that, is it still going? There, there was there was one in Spain, which was the famous one. Yeah, I'd be uh, through, and, yeah. Yeah, and there was there was a, a, a fake version in Newcastle upon time. Yeah, I, you know, I think I've been to the Newcastle one. Have you? Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. Uh, anyway, uh, just some lower league gold from the Caribbean for you all to enjoy. From a game between Eagle Claw FC, <laughs> wonderful, versus Spartans FC in Anguilla. In this video, a uh, video which we'll probably retweet after this, um, the goalkeeper comes flying out the edge of his penalty area to punch a bouncing ball, completely misses it, and the striker, striker spins around to shoot, put, putting it way over the bar. Now, there are five reasons why this clip is amazing and why you should seek it out. One, shit-keeping and an even worse finish. Two, the commentator screaming... Three, the fact that both teams are playing in blue kits, which is astounding. <laughs> yeah, because they're not like, it's not baby blue and like dark blue, is it? They're both really close in shape. Yeah, like one of them is a dark blue. And if you watched it three times, you get the kit the other team were wearing. It's nonsense. Uh, the player does push-ups after the finish to punish himself for the miss. And then the commentator starts counting them. And the fact that Ang the Anguilla League is televised, maybe it's time to watch this instead. The other thing I'll say about the commentator is... You hear him commentating, and then you realise he's commentating through the loudspeaker at the ground, so the players oh, can wow. hear him as I well. I didn't realise that. Javon has a massive opportunity, and he's punishing himself. He's doing some push-ups. One, two, three, four, <laughs> So good. So good. <laughs> we have a new uh, break idea, don't we? <laughs> I think so. Uh, we've also got um, a mail from Phil Brown. Not that one he wanted to clarify. Uh, a non-football related story here, but still feels like a story that fits onto the ramble. The talk of the small beer bottles being referred to as stubbies has come up a few times the last week. Well, in Belfast, we call them scrotes. C-R-O-A-T-S, I feel uh, duty bound to point out. Um, that's me, not Phil Brown. Uh, as in, they are wee scroty beers. I'm not sure if it's a term used in Britain, but calling someone uh, uh, mainland Britain, but calling someone a wee scrote derived from scrotum is pretty common here. You see, I I was trying to make the difference because I I thought scrote is uh, S C R that type of scrote is S C R O T E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it I is. Yeah, the same as well. Yeah, but yeah. I, it is repairing. I, I believe both are referring to the same part of the genitals. Any. any <laughs> Anyway, says Phil, we've been calling these little beers scrotes for years and my innocent mum picked up on this and assumed that was their official name. At a barbecue, she would ask me or one of my brothers, could you bring over some scrotes? Could you grab me a scrote from the fridge, etc.? We always thought it was very funny hearing her say it, but we assumed she knew the origins of the name. It wasn't until years later that um, she told us one of her mates had asked her what this beer she always refers to is. She had been saying for over a decade, went out with her friends in restaurants in pubs. <laughs> she was extremely embarrassed that she'd been using this word for so long and had wondered why she would get strange looks when out and about talking about those little French lagers. She doesn't say it anymore and doesn't like us saying it around oh. her. Oh, mums. 
if your mother is an embarrassment, um, let us know. Um, show at footballramble.com it's and not, on Twitter at footballramble. It's not the mum that's the embarrassment, it's them. Well, Then I think, we scroats. Know, every, <laughs> it's them. There's embarrassment all around. There's can plenty you bring to go over, around. Can you, can, can you get me a few of those scroats? <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> oh, bless your mum. So, um, as we know, come August, there is going to be another season. They're going to do it all again. Um, so I think we're going to have a little look ahead, aren't we? We're going to have a, we're going to have a little not? look ahead at you know what we might like to see happen between now and then over the summer. There's no World Cup transfer silly season is is well underway. So what what we uh, what we what we hoping to see? Well, what I'm looking forward to before the start of August is even more football. Like football is always going on somewhere. I'm going to some football in Sweden at the end of the month. That is. That is perversion, Andy. Where, nice. where, where he's, well, he's, 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 come on, it's very on brand. <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's be fair. Of, of course, we had the draw for the second, first and second qualifying round of the Champions League this week. You as need well. you need help, don't you? Yeah. And so, no, no, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> second qualifying round of the Champions League: Dinamo Kiev versus Fenerbahce, and it comes out every season in the Champions League qualifying rounds. You think that's a these, huge time, exactly? Yeah. And that came out the hat before the Premier League had even set its fixtures. I mean, I love that. I love that energy. But I, I hope that everyone gets a bit of a rest. And I, I mean that sincerely, not least because <laughs> of, obviously we've got quite a big tournament coming up in December. But it feels like everyone's been non-stop for the last you know, two years, ever since yeah. football restarted after the pandemic. Um, but it's it's funny because footballers are back in training now. Yeah. So like, you know, if you, Jaden Sancho's Instagram is basically of him doing like a, these absurd amount of drills in, in the US and, you know, like, Sweating through all his clothes. I did quite like he was out and about um, after a training session in his United kit. I like really? That. Yeah. yeah. Like, as in, not a training kit, in like the red first team kit. Oh, it's, wow. It's, it's funny because I, I, I saw a Twitter announcement that Tyrone Barnett, who used to play for Wimbledon, had signed for Hereford. And in his video where he said, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys in the future, um, he was wearing his old Wimbledon training top inside out. You were meant to not see it was a Wimbledon training top, but if you're a Wimbledon fan, you could see like the bit yeah. where the crest was. Oh my! That was a very very weird video. We, we did get once get an email from somebody who'd worked in a hotel where Santi Cazorla was staying, and uh, this person had brought room service up to Santi Cazorla's room, and he was playing FIFA in a full Villarreal kit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most adorable footballer who has ever lived. That's probably yeah. Those are probably his pajamas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just getting ready for bed. Yeah. Do you think Sancho's trying to motivate himself by just being in the kit all the time? Like no. I'm focused. I'm going to just. I'm going to. I'm going to make this work next season. I mean, what we can say for sure is, if if your exercise isn't on Instagram, you might as well not have done any exercise. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Basically, yeah. that's where where Sergio Ramos got all those muscles. Yes. It? Yeah. Well, I also wonder if um, you know, like monks back in the day, used to wear like um, sacks that would irritate their skin yes. as a, a way of like punishing themselves for being monks. I think. Um, I think that's why Sancho is wearing his United kit. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the shame of the last like season. Hair shirt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, guys. Um, how are you feeling about a little game? I mean, why you don't have to ask me? Because you know I'll protest and you'll do it anyway. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do, actually. <sighs> God, <Bennett>. ah! Ah! <sighs> it's the algorithm. What do you want me to do? This is why I'm fucked. So before we get going, I have something to bring to the table. Um, you know, we always play the game in here and this, you know, while it's a place I hate, this specific room at this specific time, mm-hmm. uh, it's a safe space. You feel like all our secrets are safe in here. It's a little bit like confession in that way. You'd know that we p- put this out 
that people when we were in here people do, mentioned. I, do I know I've not, yeah. I've, yeah I've noticed people in my mentions and DMing me on, on Instagram having a go at me for being shit at this game yeah I'm aware of that uh, so I was on Tuesday in a pub garden uh, in North London enjoying myself like quite a little pint um, woman comes over asks if you can borrow my lighter I give her my lighter she lights up a cigarette says thank you and says oh by the way can you name three clubs that Jens Lehmann's played for <laughs> And genuinely, I had, I just bought my pint. I nearly walked out. <laughs> and it turns out that that person was none other than Jim Campbell's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Who sidled over to me and said, oh, well, I recognised you. And I thought, oh, I think that might be Vish. Messaged Jim and said, what shall I say to him? Uh, and Jim queued her up with some ammo, gave her the gun. She loaded it. And... Just took shots at me. Mate, yeah. Why? Why is she not on here? That that, that is genius. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't even go about my regular life without being reminded of my shame on this on this game. Is that good prep for this this latest? Battle? Was it good prep being psychologically battered by someone I'd never met before in public? Yeah, wonderful. Can't you wait. See, you see, Let's I, do it again. I, I thought we'd reach the ultimate when Speller burst in at the end of <laughs> last week, and so I was like. Is this really happening, or am I imagining this? And I'm sure a lot of people on who saw that on Twitter felt like that. There was. There did, was you, did you think is that this really happening? No, I saw him. I, he he was looking at me through the slit in the curtain. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like being uh, at home again. Mike. <laughs> well, Vish, you were actually up first in, in, in the last Oh, am I? Why? Because I've done so game. well. Yeah, um, so you've got a chance to make it right. Andy is, of course, the champion. So um, your first player has played for four clubs. Um, his name is Stylian Petrov. Oh, no. So four clubs. Can I get a number? Uh, it's a difficult one, this. Three? Three. Three. That's big, big shout, I Andy. Think, I think so. I'm missing the fourth, so you go for it. So I hear three from you, Vish. Do you want to do, do, do it? Can, can we have three? Celtic. Aston Villa. CSKA Sophia. CSKA Sophia, indeed. Vish. 1-0 Vish. What's very, fourth? very good. The fourth is Montana. Um, <laughs> yeah, Montana? Just called Man- they're just called Montana. I presume they're in, in Bulgaria. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it might be in the Rocky Mountains in the US, but it does seem unlikely, doesn't it? So, Andy, you're up second, uh, obviously. So, um, the next player has played for five clubs. Uh, his name is James McLean. Oh, okay. I mean, I find this one tough and I'm looking at them. Right. Five clubs. What are we thinking? Three? Three, okay. Big shout. Vish, can you do four? No. No, I can't do four. Andy, so three clubs from James McLean. What you got? West Bromwich Albion. Correct. Wigan. Correct. Sunderland. Correct. It was weird because... Those are my three, I, yeah. I went to um, Ukraine versus Republic of Ireland this week, mm. and I was looking at James McLean going, I wonder what clubs he's played for. Ah. I was too busy doing 
like my work to actually look it up. Yeah, this the, this but, game gets in your head, doesn't it? It really, really does. So um, James McLean's clubs, he, he started at an institute, but they were semi-pro, so wouldn't count in the game. He also played for Derry City, Sunderland, of course, Wigan Athletic, West Brom, and Stoke City. So oh. he's like a lot of the a lot of the teams that people pop up pop up at regularly. He's played for actually. What, what is it with all these players who play for all the red and white stripes? Who knows? Maybe they feel comfortable. It's, it's, it's what they yeah, know. Yeah. So right, it's one all. Fish, Javinho. Eight teams. Oh, what you fuck got? Fuck off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the pain in your voice is so real there. Javinio. So, so real. Javinio. Um... Eight teams. Uh, Going to need a number. Three. Three. Three for Javinio. Andy, can you go more than three for Javinio? I can go for four. I'm wondering whether to be a twat and go for five. I think you should be a twat and go for five. From where I'm sat, far more entertaining. And also a little bit of jeopardy. What if you fuck it up? Yeah, but he's not doing that, is he? <laughs> you don't know. He thought Roy Hodgson managed Chelsea that time. I didn't Surely... think Roy Hodgson managed yeah, Chelsea. Right. I just misspoke. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> See? Total bastards. Right, I'm going to take four just to spoil the game okay, for you. Fine, fine. All right, four <laughs> clubs from Javinho. Parma. Correct. Roma. Correct. Lille. Correct. Arsenal. Absolutely. Could I have, if I'd have gone five, could I have had Mimosas? Oh, you wouldn't, you'd have been wrong. No! Oh, Why did I get four? Oh, oh fuck no. off. Outrage, controversial. You sort shit somehow. And sort you as well for talking <laughs> down for five. I didn't talk You're him down, I was trying to encourage him You to talked it. him down. I tried to encourage yeah. him. You did try and encourage me. Oh, God. Not very effectively. No, I didn't. So, you ranted so, men. <laughs> Trab's on spore. He did play. Right, I'll run through them. He started at Beveren in Belgium, then played for Le Mans, then Lille, Arsenal, Roma, Hebei China Fortune, Parma, and then finally Trab's on spore. Right. Yeah. So, oh, controversial, controversial. So, Vish, you got a chance to uh, chance to put it right here. Your next man has played for eight clubs. He is Sean Derry. I don't know if anything about Andy being sat there will put you <laughs> off there, but Sean Derry has played for eight clubs. Sean Derry. Eight. Eight. It's a lot, isn't it? I can do three. 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 That, that's, that's good, I would say. Andy, can I hear four from you? I'll, I'll let the pen thrower have his go. <laughs> <laughs> did you drop your pen or did you throw it? I threw it. You threw yeah. it. Three. Three for Sean Derry. You got a chance to level it here, ah! yeah, um, it's, it's, it's not a battering, is it? I'm going to fall on my you, sword. You're very I? much in the game. So can I hear you're three You're very clubs? much in the game. Can I hear three clubs from you for Sean Derry? QPR? Correct. Derby? No. Derby County. Andy Brassel wins! Saw that one coming. Yeah. Unfortunately not. Sean Derry played for Notts County, Sheffield United, Portsmouth, Crystal Palace, Forest on Loan, Leeds United, Palace again, Queen's Park Rangers, Millwall and finally, once again, Notts County, where he made no appearances. You know you were saying about this being a safe space earlier, Vish? I was saying to someone, I realised oh, about... Oh, shut a, up, Andy. A week of, <laughs> <laughs> I realised about a week and a half ago that I, since I stopped drinking, I feel a bit self-conscious about dancing. Not when that music comes on, it turns out. Yeah, maybe that's what you need in a mint coat. Rocking up everywhere. Yeah, That'd be that, your that's what we music. played in, like fabric or whatever. Yeah. We do yeah. have one more round to play, so you've okay. got a chance to, you know, 
punt Vish in the ribs while he's on the floor uh, <laughs> if, if you really want to. Um, so it's your it's your round, isn't it, Andy? It's your go. Okay. Um, we've got Shaka Hislop right here. He's played Ooh. for five teams. Okay. What you what have you got? Uh, I have. Gonna need a number. I think I might only have three. You might only have three. The pain on Vish's face right now is very real. I only have three. Can I hear four for Shaka Hislop from you, Vish? Why don't you name five? <laughs> <laughs> if you think you're so clever, yeah. why don't you name five? It doesn't. We tried this earlier. It, he just went down, didn't he? If he says two, uh, the thing is, I've already bid three. So you I can't have bid three. Yeah, yeah, so, so you've so got to go to five. Vish, are you, are you going to go to four, Vish? Only if you do. You promise to go to five if I say four. This is not. That is not how this works. It should be. Would you? <laughs> I promise. Imagine if, imagine we're in Christie's. Like, look, I'll, I'll bid one ahead of you, but then you bid above me, so I don't have to pay for it. Okay, I promise. Okay, can I hear four from you, Vish? No, you can name it three. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust anyone in this room, or out of it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, um, Andy, can we hear three pl- th- three clubs that Shaka Hislop has played for, please? Reading, West Ham, Newcastle United. Correct. It's 4-1 Andy Brassel, as it so often is. Vish, I'm really sorry. If you do see Vish out and about, do remember to mug him off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Javino's there we are. the one. Javino's in my head. Yeah. I should have just bid four. Yeah. should have just bid four. Or you should have known who Sean Derry had played for. You'd square. I mean, you are a journalist. You Come square. On. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that is really all we've got time for today. Um, sorry, sorry, this is such a painful interview, Vish. Um, but we've got a Ramble Meets that we'd love you to hear about as well. So before we I'm go... I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should, because um, it's an exciting one. We've got a brand new Ramble Meets coming at you tomorrow. And he had a fascinating conversation with Lillian Turam about race and identity in football following his new book, White Thinking. It will be up on our Instagram tomorrow morning. And it really is a great 20-minute listen. We're back on Monday with our Football Ramble Presents Showcase. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.